empowering. Without cheating, without looking at the, uh, the walls, can anybody uh, recite the mission of our church? One Life Church. Raise your hand. If you can set the whole thing. Raise your hand. The whole thing. One Life Church aspires to? Okay, hold on. You got it? The whole thing? Not the whole thing. Who's got it? Come on. Now, we've been preaching on this for about a year now, okay? We already went through this like a year ago, and then we've been talking about it. It's on the walls, right? Anybody? I've got money. I can bribe you. You going to do it? All right, here we go. One Life Church aspires to encounter God, equip believers, and engage all culture with love. Amen. Yes. And I didn't prompt her either. There's, there's $5 to Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, you can buy me some donuts since that's my daughter. All right? Amen. One Life Church aspires to encounter God, equip believers, equip believers, empower who? Empower who? Followers. And engage our culture with love. But do you notice there's a discrepancy there? Do you notice that we we were very careful to choose those words? That yes, we want to encounter an almighty and loving God. Amen? And yes, we want to begin to equip believers... But then there's a, there's, a, there's a dropping off point. There's a, there's, a, there's a place where you step over the cliff and you become all in. There's a, there's a place where it's not just about saying a prayer at an altar. It's not just about coming and holding down these pews. I mean, these pews are so light and I know you guys got to do a good job of holding them down. And, I get, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that because they, somebody's got to hold these pews down. But at some point... We have to begin to empower followers. Followers. Following connotates movement. Following connotates walking. Step by step. Following constitutes action. You have to do something to be a follower. Amen? So we want to empower those people. We don't want to just empower somebody who said a one-time prayer and, and praise God for that. Amen. It starts there. It starts at the altar. It starts in your home. It starts in your heart. It starts with belief. You have to believe to become a follower. But it doesn't stop at belief. Jesus said, the seed cast in the gravel. This is the person who hears And instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. That's what Jesus said. That's the seed cast in the gravel. You know, I've long been disheartened about the perverted definition of what a Christian is in America. Over the last 50 years or so, it started in the 1950s, and it's the church's own fault because the church led some people to believe that one could be saved and become a Christian simply by saying a little one-time prayer. Well, while one could easily handpick a couple of verses of Scripture 
And outside of the bird's eye view of the entire New Testament, they could make a case for that type of doctrine. But it's far from the reality of what Jesus portrayed as picking up one's cross and following him and what that was all about. So as I intently consider that scripture I mentioned, I wonder how many folks got emotionally enthused after a preacher's message and responded at an altar with a prayer. But there was no soil of character for the seed of the good news to flourish in. So when the emotions wore off and the little sprout of new life began to wither, they were left duped into thinking they were Christians. But clearly, neither Jesus nor Paul had this in mind when proclaiming the good news or writing the letters that became the New Testament. They were both adamant that the Christian walk was about following Jesus. Being a Christian was about obedience, self-sacrifice, even suffering, and enduring persecution. Isn't that what they said? But at the very least, being a true Christ follower, at the very least is about serving. You might not have to suffer much. Praise God, we live in America. Amen? You might not have to sacrifice much. You might not have to endure much persecution. Amen? But at the very least, we are called to serve. We're called to serve. Yes, there is an abundance of grace when a follower stumbles. Thank God for his mercy and grace. I need it every day. But this notion that a single moment of excitement or emotionalism culminating in a one-time prayer, but no relationship with Jesus was ever developed, and you're a Christian? That's like me coming up uh, to the altar of marriage, saying a vow one time, and never seeing my wife again. Never developing any type of relationship. We just do our own separate things in our own separate ways. How many of you would stay married to that person? You have to develop a relationship. You have to pick up that cross and follow. At the very least, find a way to serve. I'm sorry, but the whole of the scriptures, if you look at the whole of the scriptures, it just doesn't support that kind of theory. Matthew 13, 20 and 21 certainly seem to give us some insight into what's actually taking place in the life of such a person. You see, a seed was planted, albeit in the gravel. And yes, that seed was temporarily temporarily received. But without this person being soil of character, then when difficulty arrives, Jesus said they have nothing to show for it. So I'm not telling anybody they're not saved. Okay, don't walk out of here and say, well, Josh said nobody's saved because they said a prayer. I'm not saying that. I'm simply reporting what Jesus said about four different types of people who all heard the same gospel. So please don't be deceived. My my, my point is not to hurt anybody, not to tear anybody down. Far from it. My only goal is to encourage anyone who's ever said that prayer, asking Jesus to save them, to actually let Jesus save them. (laughs) To follow Jesus with all their heart and with all their mind. To let Jesus give them a radical new life that leads to a constant state of repentance and not excuses. To forego religion, which could even mean just coming to church on Sunday morning, and accept a relationship with the one true Savior. That has to last 
all week long. That has to last on Monday morning. Amen? That has to be on Wednesday night. That has to be on Saturday. At the end of the day, isn't that what every good father wants from his children? You see, the father, just like most of you fathers, couldn't care less about lip service. You want a long-term and loving relationship with your child. Amen? And that's what the father wants. He wants a long-term and loving relationship with you. Jesus wants you to follow him. He wants you to serve him through serving others. If you want to figure out how to serve God, serve others. Isn't that what Matthew 25 tells us? He says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Was it physically Jesus? No, it was the body of Christ. It was, it, it, it's all of us. It's the one seated in front of you. It's the one in the back left corner. It's the one on the front right corner. Amen? You see, in that passage of Scripture, he's talking about seed, the same gospel, the same seed scattered in four different types of ground. Okay, we've got, we got four rows of pews here. So that's like saying, okay, so this, I'm going to preach the same gospel. And all these people over here are hard-hearted. Just look at that face on Melissa. She looks just mean and nasty and she's just mad at the world, right? So she cannot receive it. And, and the Bible says that the birds come and they eat it immediately. Because there's no, there's no broken up good soil there. It's hard. It's dry. It's got cracks in it. Amen? It's like scattering it on, on asphalt. Okay? You got some... You got something that grows in asphalt occasionally, some little weeds, right? But it's, it's not much of a plant. It's not much you can do anything with. So that's the seed scattered on the road. And the enemy snatches it away immediately. And then you've got what the passage is talking about here, the seed that's, that's, that's spread in the gravel. Yes, it sprouts quickly. But there are no roots. There are no roots. People that come to an altar... And say a one-time prayer. And again, I'm not against that. I want you to say the prayer. I want you to get saved. Amen? But you've got to put down some roots. Because the Bible says if you don't put down roots, then when the sun comes out, it's going to get too hot and you're going to wither and die. You get too hot and you got to get out of the kitchen. Then you got those, this group over here, and they received the message But over time, weeds begin to choke it out. The weeds of worry about life, worry about money, wanting more and more, sacrificing what you should be doing because you want to put money into the boat. What happens is, is the cares of this world begin to choke it out. It started good. They were well-meaning. They came to church every Sunday. But over time, the weeds began to choke it out. And then you've got this group over here. Amen? That's good soil over here. Good soil. Amen. Yes. Good soil. And the Bible says that when the seed is planted in good soil, it produces a harvest beyond the Father's wildest dreams. Amen? A harvest beyond the Father's wildest dreams. You want to be good soil this morning? Yes. 
You want to be good soil? Well, guess what? We've got some good soil in this church. Amen? We've got some good soil in this church, and I'm proud of that. And so we're going to bring up some of those folks. Uh, Gene Henry, the lovely Gene Henry. Can you make it up here on stage? I'm going to see if this mic works. I'll use this green one. Now, this is good soil right here. And have a seat there, young lady. And I'm going to give her a microphone. And we're going to talk a little bit because this, this beautiful lady right here was married to a giant. Now, he wasn't very tall, was he? But when I say a giant, he was a giant in the faith. Amen? Pastor Jack Henry. Pastor Jack. Man, I tell you, when I first came to this church, Pastor Jack changed my life. He changed my life. I mean, he, just, just one look, just one smile, just one warm handshake, coming and praying with you at the altar. I mean, that guy, whew, he was a giant of the faith, wasn't he? But it wasn't just here. It wasn't just inside the church building. And that's why I want to bring his beautiful wife up to talk about the life of Pastor Jack and his ministry being a servant even outside the church. So, you got a favorite story? You've been thinking about maybe a favorite story? Or tell us some, something about uh, Jack and his ministry outside these walls. Well, he went everywhere. He had, he had this desire in his heart to fulfill the Great Commission. He wanted to make disciples of everybody. And, you know, if he, you just had to mention somebody that was sick or a friend that was in trouble. He, he would go anywhere, visiting, he went to homes, he went to hospitals, he went to jails. He, anybody that needed him, he wanted to be there. He won more people out of the church to the Lord than he did inside the church, probably. Amen. Amen. We were up at Thomas Memorial Hospital one uh, evening visiting and he got sick while he was up there and I took him to the emergency room and it was just hard it was having some problems and they treated him and you know it takes forever when you're in the emergency room and there's a call came over and it was night asked if a chaplain was present and uh, if it was to call a certain number the call came twice about 15 minutes later Jack told the nurse, he told the doctor there, he said, let me go if nobody else is there. Someone had died uh, upstairs somewhere, and anyway, they were asking for a minister. And the doctor said, you can go, but a nurse will have to go with you. They put him in a wheelchair, and he went up to minister to the people. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. T tell us a little bit more about the prison ministry because he, he was always in the prisons, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he visited prisons, jails. So many people will come to me now and tell me what Jack did for him. And, you know, they're still Christians because of Jack and their work and everything that they do. It's like Jack is still living. 
you know, his work Amen. is still going on. Amen. Amen. That is what you call leaving a legacy. Amen. Amen. That is leaving a legacy. And there is nobody that epitomized that more than Pastor Jack. Amen. Give her a round of applause. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, she deserves that, that's for sure. And I've got another young lady that's coming up, Athena Alberts. Athena. Now, this girl, she's going to leave a legacy, okay? She's, she's writing one as we speak. So, <clears throat> this girl, <clears throat> I'm going to brag on her a little bit. I mean, I, I can't even tell you all the things that she does, amen? Um, she wears a lot of hats, and I'm probably going to forget some of them. Um, <clears throat> You know, but at such a young age, how old are you now? 16. 16 years old. And for the last several years, she has served in many capacities in this church. Uh, the, the, you know, not, not least of which would be back here in the media team, working sound and screens and all these things. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, anything that you need done, she's going to do it. Amen. I mean, I've never heard her say no, she can't do anything. Um, in her school, she is, I mean, such a light to her school. Uh, now she's a part of FCA and teaching. Uh, she's actually the one teaching the other kids in FCA and everything. So, Athena, 16 years old and, and been doing this for a few years now. So, this isn't, this isn't new. Tell us why you do all that. What, I mean, what, what causes you? What's your big why to want to serve so much? Jesus and seeing what he's done and I remember a few years ago at camp they talked about how whenever you serve others you're serving Jesus and this was like my first year at church camp and we had a service started at 7 lasted until like 10 30 and then we go out and we wash each other's feet and I just remember the feeling of serving others I could tell that God was pleased he was smiling down upon that entire camp because we had sacrificed ourselves and what we liked and what we didn't like, and we put his needs before ours and what he wanted us to do. Amen, amen. Could, could you imagine walking out this, this faith of yours, this Christian faith, without serving? I mean, how, how, would, that, how would that feel to you? How, describe that type of life. Serving is just a big part of who I am. Um, I, I just love helping other people. Like my heart, it breaks whenever I see other people hurting. And being able to serve them is just something that has really built my relationship with Christ. And there would, there's no way that I would be where I am today without that relationship and how that's built it up. So you're saying that serving has actually brought you closer Definitely. to the Lord. So uh, what would you say, I mean, what are some of the biggest, you know, spiritual victories or what, 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 what has serving done for you in your life? Everything. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, serving is not only something that I can use to minister to other people, but it also allows other people to minister to me. Like, helping out with 
the media has given Melissa and Jason both an opportunity to minister to me and to talk to me. And so using that, I can go out and God can use me as a vehicle to bring other people to him. And that's just the biggest victory that I could ever think of. So serving with others, being in, in partnership and covenant with some other people in serving, that, that's given you access to some mentors. Definitely. It's given you the, some other folks the ability to speak into your life. Amen. Is that right? Does that sound good? Man, she's amazing. This is an amazing lady. Uh, tell, us about, uh, tell us about your mom because another one of the biggest servants in this church is Cynthia Butcher. Wave, wave back there, Cynthia. This is Athena's mom. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that she serves because of you or you serve because of her? Who watches who more? I definitely serve because of her. I remember she got me into it because whenever I first started coming to this church, I didn't do anything. I was, <laughs> I was, I laid down in the pews, hid my face from everyone. And I remember the uh, pirate VBS a few years ago. My mom was like, I'm going to get involved with this. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, no, this is crazy. No. <laughs> and then it, ever since then, it's just kind of been like an uphill kind of thing. Um, I've gotten involved in so much more because of that, because of her step of faith. It led me to step out. It's definitely my mom. <laughs> Amen. So your mom has set the example for you in how to be a servant. Hmm. Would anybody be proud if your children were servants in the church? Would you raise your hand if you would be proud if your children were servants in the church? Well, it stands to reason that you might want to set a good example for them. Amen? Because you might wind up with an Athena. Give her a round of applause. Very good. Very good. And great job to Cynthia for raising this fine young lady and being an example. Brother Jim Holly, I don't think he needs a microphone. Doesn't need a microphone. My brother Jim Holly. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, there you go. There, there is a mic behind you. You're sitting on it, actually. But <laughs> Well, we all know Brother Jim Holly and what he does here at the church. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. God bless you, man. I tell you, he puts a smile on your face. Uh, you can't have a bad day being around this guy. Amen. That is the joy of the Lord all over somebody. Amen. My kids love him. Uh, if he's not here, Aaron freaks out. He's like, where is Jim? Where is Jim? Uh, so he, they, the kids look forward to seeing Jim every week. Uh, he just puts a smile on your face. I mean, there, is there any better representative to have in that parking lot? Uh, than Jim Holly, So he, he invests a lot of time, and we appreciate that. A lot of time. He's here every Sunday, very rarely misses. Uh, when it's raining, he's got an umbrella for you. When it's snowing, he's helping shovel. Amen? I mean, he does it all. But did you know that that is about this much of his ministry? Okay? He does so much outside of the church to be a servant and that's what I want him to talk a little bit about today. So tell us some things that you do. What's your ministry outside of One Life? Well, my ministry's at work. My ministry's at play. My ministry's at sleep. <laughs> I'm telling you because you never know 
begging to come pray for him. Right. I had a lady sitting back in the church uh, used to go here. She said, I can't get anybody to go uh, visit my daughter in the hospital. I turned around and looked at her. I'll go. I'll march in there. And uh, she was asleep. I went up to visit somebody else. Came back down. She woke up. Talking to her, witness to her. And I told her, I said, I'm not leaving here until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. She did. Amen. Praise God. Her whole family was excited and thankful. She passed away about a year later. We don't know when God speaks to us how much time you have or the person that you should be talking to has. Right. I get a call from uh, my sister in Huntington at a hospital, St. Mary's. I go down there. My brother's laying there. The nurse tells me, this is the worst case of gangrene we've ever seen. We're just waiting on a surgeon to come in to cut his leg off. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, I'll walk over. I lay hands on his leg and pray for him. And I walk over to the charge nurse. I said, now I want you. I said, I believe in laying on my hands for healing. And I said, I want you to load him up and take him back downstairs and do the same test you did on him before. They load him up and haul him downstairs. Bring him back. Took a little while. I'm not going to take anything away from any medicine. God has doctors in places. But he walked out there on two legs. Amen. Amen. Now, wait, 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 wait. Now, something doesn't add up because I don't know anybody that calls you Pastor Jim. <laughs> so you couldn't, have, you couldn't have prayed for this guy and he got healed. No, no, he's not, he's not a pastor, right? You can't do that. You, can't do, you should have called the pastor and had them go pray, don't you think? But we are all called the reconciliation of the ministry. Amen, yes. I get a call from my, my family. My niece is in the hospital. They wind up, uh, I get down, take her in on Saturday, almost loser, and uh, a different combination of things going on. And... Uh, uh, I get down there on Tuesday, and uh, uh, he and the family tells me that she's got six days a week dialysis facing her because she's only got 16% use of her kidneys. I said, Dick, I walk over, lay hands on her, two weeks later, out of the hospital, no dialysis. Amen. I serve an awesome God. Amen. It ain't me. It is God. God in you, the hope of glory. There is only you going. You, God is not here. Jesus isn't here. You are his legs and his hands. I can tell you story after story. I, I go check on a van at work. They, uh, Butch's Auto in Ashland, Kentucky. You can go talk to Butch. Um, Butch is a non-believer. 
Um, I, uh, I say, Butch, what's wrong? Because he had a real poor countenance on his face. And uh, he said, you see that car over there? I said, yep. He said, uh, my, my guy lost the keys for it. Now it's going to cost me more to fix that vehicle and what I was going to make on it. And I said, well, Butch, how about if I pray favor to find those keys? Amen. And uh, so I prayed. And we started looking for those keys. And guess what? We didn't find them. <laughs> I get in my car and go back to, uh, uh, to the office. I walk in and, and tell my secretary, hello, Pat. And uh, so I reach in my pocket to open up the doors to the, my office. And there was a foreign set of keys in my pocket. <laughs> Tell, the, uh, tell my secretary, Pat, I said, call Butch and tell him I'm on my way with these keys. Now, mind you, those keys were lost before I got there. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So, so are you telling me that uh, this, this Jim Holly we know and love, you don't just turn that on on, on Sunday morning? You're that guy seven days a week. Absolutely. Amen. Give him a round of applause. And and he didn't even get to tell you about his um, yard sale ministry. I mean, he goes to these yard sales, and I'm telling you... um, I, I, I mean, countless people that he ministers to at these yard sales. I mean, and the Lord just speaks to him. He prays. He goes into these yard sales, and, and, and he prays, and the Lord just shows him all kinds of things. They'll, they'll have things for sale that they aren't even out in the yard sale. He told me about a refrigerator one time. He told, he told a guy, he said, the Lord told me there was a refrigerator here for sale. It was nowhere on the outside. You couldn't see it. I mean, and he's like, well, how did you know that? <laughs> Amen. And he, and he, not only does he minister to people at the yard sale, but he's constantly uh, listening to the Holy Spirit to lead him at what to buy so he can bless other people with those items. Amen. How many times, what do we, we have, I don't even know what we got in our house. I mean, we got this mirror, right? We, I know we got a full length mirror in our bedroom uh, and we've, we had needed one for a long time and brother Jim shows up with a mirror. I mean, I, the kids get all kinds of things. I mean, he just, that's, that's his ministry. He just blesses people, amen? It's amazing. Well, we got another youngin, youngin coming up here. Jordan, my son, Jordan Ruby. Thank goodness he got his mother's looks. So, Jordan, you got, what, you got a sermon there? Good Lord, I told him he was going to speak, but I didn't know he was going to preach. <laughs> All right, Jordan, well, tell us about it, man. This guy, pretty much just like Athena, I mean, at, at a young age started serving uh, and, and does pretty much everything in the church. I mean, if he's not back here on the media team, he's teaching uh, the children in Explorer Church. Uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you all the things that he's done, but I mean, it, he's, he's, he does it all around here pretty much. If, if there's a ministry, he's involved in it, okay? And so tell us about that. Why do you do all that, Jordan? Well, uh, he's already took about the first half of it. <laughs> My name's Jordan. I serve, I serve in the media and teaching three to five-year-olds, and uh, I fill in wherever I can. And um, 
God's blessed me with this church. I'm not blessing this church with my works. But God's blessed me because every time that I get to come here and I get to serve, then I'm filled with joy because I'm working in God's kingdom. Amen. We are a part of God's kingdom, and I fully believe that this church is in line with what God wants. And me being able to come in, no matter what chaos is going on, then I'm, I'm overjoyed to know that I'm able to be the hands and feet and, dis, and become a real Christian. Because I don't know if I'd be on the same level with Jesus as I am right now if I hadn't come or hadn't got connected. And I know that if I hadn't come or got connected, this church would still be running at the same capacity. I'm not some special guy who's, who's blessing this church with my works. This church is developing me. And if I hadn't come here, then I know I wouldn't be on the same level with Jesus. Because this serving has taught me what a real Christian is. Amen. First for you, James chapter 2, verses 19 through 20 in the message says, do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Preach. Amen. So being a real, real Christian means discipleship, taking up your cross and following him. Being on a team is not our charity to the church. It's not, it's not something that we're wow. doing the church. We're not blessing the church and we should feel like saints because we're serving. It's teaching us what a real Christian is and what God's will is for our life and what, what we should do. So I want you to remember that if you're not serving, then you need to get connected because... It's not, it's, not for, it's not for us. It's for you. Amen. The joy that I have right now up here speaking to you because I serve comes straight from God. And I've never felt so much joy because I get to serve every Sunday and Wednesday. I wish I could come here every day and serve. <laughs> it's great. I, I love it. Just the spirit that God has placed in me is servanthood here. And he's placed that in every one of you to be servants here. So I encourage you to get connected and feel that same joy with me and connect with me in that joy. Oh, you're going to have to drop the mic on that one. Just a little mic drop. Amen. Well, that's Jordan for you. Always uh, overly prepared. So I didn't even have to ask him any questions. He was ready to go. All right, last one. We have an awesome servant. She's going to make the stage look a lot better now. It's Anna Adkins. Come on, Anna. Anna, man, again, one of these that wears many hats. Are you noticing a theme here that uh, servants don't typically just serve in one area? They tend to wear a lot of different hats. But uh, grab your mic, and uh, I'll put you on the spot here just a little bit, but be honest with us. You do a lot of different things from working in the uh, follow-up team to working in the nursery. Uh, folks, she's even come over and mowed the grass, okay? So do we have some gentlemen who would be willing to help mow the grass occasionally? 
Good, good. We need some people to mow the grass because we don't want this dainty little flower mowing grass around here. Now, I'm just kidding. She, she, <laughs> she, she mows grass even at home, don't you? But, uh, but we don't want her having to do that, okay? So she, here's what I want to ask you, okay? And I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Be honest. Do you ever feel a little overwhelmed sometimes? Yes. <laughs> I do. And um, not only me being feeling whelmed, it's my husband. I felt whelmed by him because I see his hard work. And he loves to serve, and, and I do too. <laughs> but by seeing him doing servings for the church, All right. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. But um, he made me so loved, and I see him work so hard. Every time I drive by, I see him mowing by himself. I prayed while I was going toward in the parking lot and ask God to bring someone to him and that I thank God that he's willing to serve his church for me you know I got a lot of things to do too you know I, I'm a full mother and I take care of my kids every day, and I watch kids, I babysit. I take care of the lawn every every other week or something, and, uh, and, and then when the weekend comes, I help my husband. And one day, I had to, you know, I had to go home and first and cut my grass and take care of my home and then and come back and try to help him out so he can get things done so he can be home with me and my children. Amen. You see, t- Tom and Anna both, they're, they're people who are going to do whatever it takes. Amen. They're, they're going to do whatever it takes. I mean, if there's a need, they're going to fill it. They're, they're like, um, you know, uh, gap stoppers. Okay. They, they just fill in the gaps, whatever, whatever is needed. They don't, they don't question it. They don't complain, but you know, that can get a little overwhelming sometimes, you know, and this is, this is a big church, you know, there's a lot to do here. And, uh, you know, here's the thing about serving is you got to realize that somebody's going to do the job. Somebody's going to do the job, but that person might already be doing two or three jobs and they need help. And it really takes away sometimes from the joy that they should be having. Jordan was talking about all the joy he has. Well, he's young, okay, and he's excited right now. But, you know, over the period of time, I mean, he's going to get tired and burnt out too. And I know that all the people that have come up here, they'd love to have some help. They would love to have some help. Now, I know we've got some guys that are, that are raising their hand saying they're willing to help cut grass, and that's awesome. We'll definitely get you involved in that. But, you know, it's all kinds of different things. You know, it's, it's, it's really tough. Even on Anna, I know it's always a challenge because <clears throat> we don't really have enough nursery workers. 
And so here she is on the follow-up team, and she's the one standing back there. If you wonder what she's doing with that little clipboard, she's checking everybody off as they come in, okay? And we need those, those records. But it makes it really difficult whenever she also has to go back and work in the nursery. And she's, it makes her late to get back there because she has other responsibilities. So would it, would it be nice for there to be some more nursery workers? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, Sarah um, had, you know, talked to me one time while I was still working at the daycare. And then, you know, she was telling me about, you know, we need more people in the nursery, you know, and because we were kind of sure and never, it's always the same person every day. And I was like, well, I'll help, you know. I don't mind helping. And for that same being said, I didn't do it because I wanted to. I did it because in my heart that, you know, that a way that, that person will come and hear the, you know, preach and to give him time to relax and you know to hear the voice of God and you know and that's the reason why I was willing to help because I love serving you know in the front line before one of a friend um, asked me if I want to you know join and um, to be in the front line, I'm like, I wasn't sure yet because I wasn't, I w- I'm a very shy person, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't talk a lot, so this is the first time I've come here and speak and whatever, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and she asked me that, and I'm like, and then she said, well, if you don't, co- if you don't feel comfortable, you know, just try for a week. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. And I was like, okay. I didn't, you know, I gave that person a chance. And also is, um, so I did. And ever since she asked me, I've been here. (laughs) (laughs) For that is to help me to get out of my comfort zone. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, in our life groups, in our life groups, if you remember, uh, if you guys have, have went through last week's life group, uh, it encouraged your group to kind of pick somebody in the church that serves and to bless them, to make them feel good, right? You guys remember that? Who went to a life group and remembered that? Okay. So uh, our life group, the Ignite, uh, the first thing that, that they said, uh, all, of our, all of our youth said, Tom and Anna, we, they, they work so hard, you know, we want to bless them. So I've got just a little token of our appreciation. There's a little Dunkin' Donuts for you and Tom. So thank you. Thank you. So go get some donuts, Tom. <clears throat> all right. Amen. Well, I'd like to, um, if we have any of our dream team leaders, so we have several different ministries, of course, here to make all this happen, and I'd like our uh, dream team leaders to come up. Uh, Patty, Patty Gillum, is she here? Yeah, come on up, Patty. Stand up here on stage for me. This is our follow-up team leader, uh, and Ava's not here. Ava coordinates our life groups, and she's not here today. Uh, Jason Easter, come on up. Jason Easter, he leads our media team. Amen. Amen. 
Cynthia, did she skip out on us here? I think she had, again, she's always working. Oh, there she is. There, come on up, Cynthia. Cynthia uh, heads up our one stop, our information booth out here, and also uh, helps coordinate the ushers. Okay, and uh, let's see, Dennis, is Dennis in here? He, he's, he works security, so he's probably out here working security, okay, so, but I saw him earlier today. And then Jason, Jason, do we have a picture or can we get that up? We had a picture of Jason Wall. He was that big tall guy I said was going to spike a volleyball, there he is, spike a volleyball in your face. He's our children's pastor. And of course, Melissa, come on up. And I was going to bring uh, Anthony up, he's our co-worship leader. Come on over here. So these are a few of your uh, dream team leaders. Okay, so what I want you to do, what's that? And myself. Okay, and I'm the, I'm the dream team coordinator, so yes. Uh, but um, So yeah, if, if you are looking for an opportunity to serve, all you have to do is approach one of these fine folks. Now, would anybody be excited if somebody came up to you, Jason, and said, uh, hey, I'd really like to help on the media team. Would that be good? Don't need anybody else. No, no, they got it covered. No. <laughs> what about, uh, would, you, would you welcome some help on the follow-up team? Absolutely. Okay. What about, would you like to maybe have a Sunday off where you weren't having to work the information booth every week? <laughs> would be nice occasionally. That's right, occasionally. So, you know, all you got to do is come up and see one of these fine folks. I know we have plenty of spots uh, in the children's ministry, in the nursery, we have the Explorer Church, which are our three to five year olds. Uh, then we have our uh, Adventure Church. You know what they call it? Adventure Church, and that's uh, that's the kind of the older kids, like six to twelve. Um, and so there are spots literally on every one of those areas. So if you're feeling uh, led at all, and 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 I'm not waiting on that stirring in your stomach. I'm telling you, you're being led. Okay, you're being led. Okay, don't, don't wait on anybody. I'm telling you right now, you're being led to serve. Uh, then I want you to find one of these folks, come up to them, and say, hey, how can I help? Amen? All right, thank you guys. Thank you so much. So there again, if you're looking for a way to serve, okay, we've got a follow-up team. We've got... Life group. Ava would, I'm sure, love some help in coordinating all these life groups. That's a big task. That is a huge undertaking. Media team. Okay. Ushers. The information booth. The frontline team. That's, I didn't even get any. Jim Holly, of course, and uh, Carl and uh, Wayne Hudnell, all on the, on the frontline team. We'd love to have some help out there on the parking lot. Okay. All kinds of things to do. So come see me or Wayne or any of those guys, and uh, we'll get you involved in the frontline team. Security. You can see Dennis Guest, children's ministry, and of course, even on the worship team. Now, I've been trying to get on the worship team for years, and I haven't been successful, so I'm not sure what it takes. But uh, they won't let me sing for some reason. So, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, I want to read you a little scripture. The Bible says, whoever serves me must follow me. That's what Jesus said. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You hearing a theme of servanthood here? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. But now, by dying to what once bound us, will have been released from the law so that we can serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old ways of the written code. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep up your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. But as for you, be strong and do not give up. For your work will be rewarded. Your servanthood will be rewarded. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. And the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Amen? Can anybody tell me, this is a little quiz, can anybody tell me what scripture that was? What passage of scripture was that? Well, we're going to put something up on the, on the screen here. Because it wasn't just one scripture. It was actually a tapestry woven from the fabric of of the entire Bible. Many different God-inspired authors. Some of the words came from Jesus himself. These are all the scriptures. Now, I'm not often comfortable preaching like a topical type sermon because I I think you got to be careful sometimes, make sure it's still the truth. But at the same time, a good theology, this is what I always tell our youth group kids, a good theology, you can pull a string And it comes all the way through the Bible. You can pull a thread. And there's truth that's found throughout the Bible. And if you notice throughout those scriptures that I read to you, they all talked about serving. All these scriptures talk about serving. As a matter of fact, there were at least 12 references to serving in just nine verses of scripture. There are nine verses up there, and there were 12 references to serving. Just the words servant Service and serve occur over 1,100 times in the NIV. 1,100, 1,100 times. Some variation of the word serve. Do you think it's important to God? Do you think that this is at the heart of God and what he has for your life? It's for you. It's just like giving and like how we talk about giving. Serving is for you. And serving is for others. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not for God. You serve God, but God wants you to serve Him by serving others. And it's to benefit you. You see, Jesus Himself said, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be also. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Jesus said, Paul admonishes us. So don't use your freedom. You've been given a great freedom. But don't use that freedom to just be lazy and gluttonous 
and lay around and watch football and show up at church to do God a favor. You're not getting the check mark by coming to church. You're not getting brownie points. It's not the way it works. He's called you to serve one another humbly in love. Peter even tells us in 1 Peter 4.10, use whatever gift that you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter exhorts us that God has graced us all with different gifts. Be faithful stewards of these gifts and use them. Jesus said, look, I gave up my life for you. Mark 10, 45. But I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. That's the example. He said, I gave my life up for you. The least you could do is serve in the nursery. The least you could do is give up some time to mow the grass. The least you can do is work in the parking lot on the, on the frontline team. The least you could do is helping the media. That's what Jesus said. The writer of Hebrews, probably Paul, asserts that God didn't clean us up, change our minds, change our patterns of behavior to sit in a pew. He did it so that we can serve the living God. Romans 7, 6 talks about why we serve. It says, serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Again, it's not about getting brownie points. No check marks here. It's not to outweigh your sins or misdeeds for that week. I'm going to go be bad and then I'm going to come to church and get my check mark. It's because simply living out what God has made you to be, living out what God has created you to do, saying yes to the Spirit's will that lives inside of you. Paul tells the Roman church to keep the right heart. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor each other above yourselves. Don't lose zeal. He says, never lack zeal in your service. How? He tells you. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be open and share with one another. And for all of these folks that have come up here on this stage, we're encouraged in 2 Chronicles. Those who have been diligently serving for years, and maybe they're getting a little tired, maybe they're getting a little worn out. He says, as for you, be strong. Don't give up. Just like he told Joshua, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. The Lord God himself is saying to all of us, just like he told Joshua, don't give up. I'll be there with you in tough times, struggles, challenges. I am the Lord and I forget not. Amen. So keep working because I will reward you. The Bible says in Hebrews that God is not unjust. He won't forget your work. He won't forget the love that you have shown him through serving others, helping others. So stand to your feet with me this morning.